You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. guys, welcome back to another episode of Talk Daredevil. I'm Lauren, and I'm joined by Shelby and Leslie. Hey. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into Marvel's Moon Knight. Yeah, spoilers, everybody. <laughs> just, just FYI. <laughs> so if you haven't watched or finished it, I would say leave now and come back later. <laughs> you know, they must be here because they're fans of us. But if you're fans of us and you haven't watched Moon Knight, Go watch Moon Knight first. So what were your overall impressions of Moon Knight? Let's just start there. I'll say I liked it a lot. My overall impression was uh, I loved the performances. I loved Oscar Isaac. I don't know if I was really into the Conchu comet battle, but as a vehicle to get to know Mark, Steven, and Layla, and everyone else. Fantastic. Yeah, same. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. This is probably my favorite Marvel Studios Disney Plus show. I felt that this show did the most in the time that they were allowed. I didn't ever feel like they wasted an episode. And yeah, I was really into Mark and Steven and their relationship. The other stuff is just a bonus. It was probably the prettiest show, too. Uh, I'll say that. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. A big Moon Knight fan. I've read some of the comics and I was really anticipating this show, but also leaving, like leaving my expectations open to what they were going to offer. I figured they would kind of do some different things. So I didn't want to put my expectations, I guess, in a box and expect that. And I was really pleased um, from the very beginning, seeing how they changed the character of Steven and just seeing how they 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 did everything and i was i was confused at times you know even when they were doing kind of redoing lemire's run i was still surprised because they changed it enough yeah lauren let's talk about that just for a second because there are probably people here who don't know how they changed oh, yeah, Steven's yeah, story yeah. if you want to like if you want to go into that for just a second like how steven is in the comic so steven is a millionaire and it's one of like my favorite origin stories um in moon knight one mark marlene and frenchie come back they just buy a mansion in long island and he decides to become stephen grant and work wall street and become a millionaire it's just so funny to me um how they do that and it goes right it goes right on into like directing movies or being a movie star it's pretty funny so I was kind of expecting that. I'm not like a huge Stephen Grant fan in the comics. Like I understand he has a purpose. So to see them take that character and make it into this lovable other Stephen yeah, Grant. They, they gave Stephen like the heart. He's the oh my heart gosh. of like everything. He is. <laughs> Where I feel like in the comics, Stephen Grant was just kind of like, they just use the money. Yeah, I basically use his money and, you know, use him as like a side plot or whatever. I was really surprised how much I fell in love with who Stephen Grant was. And I absolutely loved the changes that they made. Yeah. And, and I like what you said, too, about trying to go into. Well, first, this is the first show that it did not tie directly into the movie universe, the greater MCU. And I thought that was refreshing and it just made it so much easier and you could just breathe and ah you didn't have to worry about them mentioning this or that but more than that when you have a show like this and I think uh Legion kind of prepared me for this and if you watch Doom Patrol and Crazy Jane kind of prepares you for this it's a show that you have to experience you have to go into it not really with the traditional like way of storytelling. You have scenes where, is this real? Is this really happening? And your brain is trying to make sense and you have to just let go. Oh, totally. And just experience. Yeah. No, I absolutely loved that. Um, I love that it wasn't tied to the greater MCU. With the other shows that um, Marvel Studios has have done, and I know we have, I guess there's more other shows that I like more than others. But 
they all very much seemed like this bridge from one movie to another. It was like this little added bonus story or a vehicle mm-hmm. to prepare you for the next movie, which, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But with this one, it was just so nice to just sit back and experience this new story and have no, like, I guess, real expectations of how it was going to change the MCU. Of course, now I'm excited to see where they end up putting Moon Knight as a fan. Like, I really hope he pops up, you know, a lot of places because Oscar deserves the world because he was amazing, which we can talk about that. Yeah, let's go into that. Let's go into Oscar. And how how did everybody feel when he was like cast? Because like again, I feel like we we've known this for ever now. Like it just always has been. As somebody who didn't know anything about Moon Knight, I didn't have like any like conceived expectations or anything about how he would be good for that character. I just knew that he was a great actor, and I'm so excited to have him in the MCU. Yeah. And it's not like I, I'm this huge, like Oscar Isaac fangirl either. Like I've seen things that he's in, but you just know that he's good. Mm-hmm. It was like when Charlie was cast as Daredevil and I would watch a little bit and I'd go, oh, well, this guy's got it. I don't have to worry about this at all. You might, I might've been a little scared with how they were going to handle Moonlight. Is it going to be Moonlight? <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to be mature enough? Are they going to take it seriously enough? But I was never worried about Oscar Isaac and what Oscar Isaac was going to do. And he did not disappoint. He's beyond. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, I was a little like, oh, okay. Um, Isn't he, you know, from like Guatemala or something like that? So I thought that was an interesting. I was like, I was more just interested to see what their take on Moon Knight would be. But yeah, I didn't have any like concerns because Oscar is great. And like you, Shelby, I... I wouldn't call myself like a fangirl or anything, but I liked, you know, I enjoyed the things that he was in. I was really just excited to see where they were going to take it. And it didn't hurt that. I mean, he's just attractive. So I was like, okay, dreamy. Okay. <laughs> I, I like this, like, you know, <laughs> but the, the one thing with the MCU is that I feel like they've always done a great job with casting. Oh yeah. There's, there's not one that I would take back and be like, no, they got that wrong. They've always been great at that. So I've been excited for Oscar from the beginning, and he blew me away. It's not only just like changing an accent. He changes his whole like face. You, they feel like two totally different people. So this, he took it like next level. can't remember which episode it is, the second or third. They're in Egypt, and they're on top of that cliff just before they kid jumps off and Stephen and Mark are having an argument. Mohamed Diab is like, they were just flipping the camera back and forth. And each flip, Oscar would just like completely change personality. Can you imagine like watching that? Like as he's doing it, can you like, I can't like. I can't even imagine. Just, just absolutely amazing. And of course I just ate up the, was it episode five? They're, you know, they're in the, the mental institution and they, you know, they're both in separate bodies. And I was just eating that up. I was sitting there staring going, this is actually just Oscar. <laughs> They're the same person. So as everybody's been saying, you know, on social media, like Oscar deserves an Oscar. Like, and I agree, like, he's so good. Make TV Oscars a thing. Oh, totally. Give Oscar a TV Oscar. Because, you know, early on, there was a clip that when he was, it was supposedly, I don't know if it was legit or not, the training video that he was doing when he was training oh, yeah. for yeah. Moon Knight, like yeah. a little, yeah, fight video. And I was like, oh, sh- okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, I'm in, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what did y'all think about Steven's accent? <laughs> well, I'm going to defend that because it was unfairly maligned. Go ahead, go, no, Leslie. From people expecting it to be an authentic London accent. That's not even the point, is it? No, it's not. But I guess you don't you don't know that early on though, do you? And you were kind of like, that's what why is you he gotta doing? wait to watch the show before you like go off. Yeah. And that's, you know, what? We don't do that. We don't do that on the internet. What are you talking uh-huh. about? <laughs> and he and we find out later, obviously, he, he develops this persona as a child, this this like this alter as a child. It's based on this like Stephen Grant, this like Indiana Jones type character. This is what he's basing his access on as a child. And he's an American doing, doing, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't know. I live, I'm an American who lives in England. I don't know if that was a good or bad accent. I can't say, but it's not, it wasn't supposed to be authentic. 
that's just me defending Oscar. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I love Steven. I'll fight for Steven to the death. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, I was one of the 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 people in the beginning going, okay, it's a little weird, but especially it's a choice. He's made a choice, and here. especially because <laughs> in the comics, like, I mean, obviously you can't hear, but nobody was from England in the comics. Like Stephen Grant, like they're all just American. So I was a little bit like, okay. But I was like, there's a reason I trust them. And I honestly just loved it. It just, it it honestly made Stephen more endearing. I think it was the switch from New York to London that inspired Oscar to like, oh, maybe Stephen's actually English and we'll do a different accent. I, I love it. And have you guys watched the Assembled episode um, on Disney Plus, the, the making of Moon Knight? I only got through about half of it. I have not watched it yet. Um, it's on my list, but but I'm horrible. I haven't watched any of the assembled. I'm horrible, so okay. Terrible. Definitely want to watch it because I love behind the scenes. And back when I was collecting Blu-rays and DVDs, um, that was a big part of it. Like, what was the behind the scenes? Yeah, all the deleted, the yes, deleted which scenes. I hope and things. we get some. Evan, give us. Yeah, I don't. Why? Why did we get so many for Hawkeye? We've got we got all those for Hawkeye. That was weird, and now there's got to be a reason for that. Why just Hawkeye? A regret? Do they have regret? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I don't know because, and we can circle back around this uh, to this later. But somebody said that there was a really wonderful scene um, between Oscar. I'm sorry, between. Mark and his mother in the last episode and he said it would blow everybody away and they cut the scene which I'm like you could have put it in but I'm like can we at least get that deleted scene but anyway we talked about Oscar let's talk about the other standout performances of the season let's talk about Mae Kalamawi oh she's a superstar she's a goddess charming Holds her own. Yeah, I kind of just wanted her to just like take over and just find the scarab and let's go. I really loved her. Marlene in the comics is fine, but she's underutilized. She's mostly just the blonde girlfriend to Mm -hmm. just like come in and out of Mark's life and I guess give him some relationship drama. But they never did anything. Yeah, drama. They never did anything with her and. And she's like, who needs, she needs saving yeah. all the time. Like, you know, it's just, she's a distraction. <laughs> we're, we're so over the damsels in distress. Yeah, like, I just thought May just came in and blew it away. I loved how they kind of like rewrote who she was. I love that they were married and Steven didn't know who she was. And in the end, um, becoming Scarlet Scarab. Holy crap, that outfit, that everything, that moment. Absolutely wonderful. I was, I'm a huge fan and can't wait to see her return. I was just gonna say, there's always something about when you see a woman, like you see women on screen getting their moment. Oh, yeah. I just, oh. Ethan Hawke. What can we say about Ethan? It was good. In an interview, he mentioned that he was kind of channeling Wilson Fisk, um, which I thought was really cool. And it was so weird because that's what I, I was watching an episode and I like turned to my sister and I was like, why does he sound like Wilson Fisk? Like, he, that voice. <laughs> He's trying to talk like this through the whole show. <laughs> but I love that clearly, you know, Daredevil's on their radar. At least Ethan watched it, was impressed. You know, I just... Well, it is the gold standard. I mean, come on. You know, I like seeing people on the inside agree with that and also believe it's the gold standard. So I, I really loved him... As a uh, Doctor Harrow, in the last few episodes, I thought he did really well mm. with that. I like the um, the Stephen Colvin mid mid Flanders. Yes, but just yes. to remind you that the Simpsons are you know you can watch those on Disney Plus too. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, what about F. Murray Abraham? Who, if you don't know, um, he was Konshu, the voice of Konshu. What do you guys think about about that? When he when I first heard his voice, I was so the first thing I thought it was Venom. I thought, oh no, I'm just going to be thinking of Venom the whole time. Uh, um, I got over it real quick and it didn't bother me after that. He had, but he had a great voice, very, very, very animated and lots of gravitas. Loved how, like, 
serious voices mixed with personal insults and <laughs> but yeah it was, it was great yeah, yeah. Kanchu is kind of an asshole, yes. so <laughs> so you can't help but draw some venom comparisons. You know, there's got to be some, a little bit of comedy right. in there too, because he is an asshole. But no, he was good. He was good. I was a bit um, surprised by his voice. I didn't look up like who was going to play his voice, and it's funny, like reading in the comics. I don't know. Conchu never had a voice in my like like in my head, and so hearing it, I was a little bit like, okay, okay, because and yeah. it wasn't because it was like bad or anything. It was just I was processing like, okay, this is you know how he would sound, and like as the season went, I was like, yeah, this is this is totally him. I was a big fan of Conchu, and I thought he did really good job um you know coming across as like friend but also manipulative and then swinging in the end and being like i am the worst <laughs> yeah <Do this> <laughs> yeah it could have easily went too far one way or the other and i think it was the perfect amount of everything yeah there was a couple of people we didn't see or maybe kind of saw and she crawly um, how did you feel about that? I missed the uh, Frenchie uh, being in Mark uh, Stephen, whose phone? Uh, Stephen's oh, yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. Mark's phone? Stephen found. Mark's phone, yeah. Okay, yeah, Mark's phone. That's right, right. Yeah, that Mark's phone. I missed that when they, he was scrolling through the numbers at first. It takes, you know, some people are way smarter than me on the internet and they pick up all this stuff, all the Easter eggs. I don't pick up whatnot. much. Um, that was too shop, right? I'm playing that scene, right? But yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is cool because that means yeah. you know so, he's kind of established in the world. So hopefully we'll see him actually show up at some point. And Frenchie is kind of like what would you say, like the Pennyworth to Moon Knight, like the, yeah, the Alfred, Alfred and Bruce Wayne. And so I don't really know like how they've handled his character in the show. I'm not sure what he would have a real role in that universe, you know, in, in that, in that world. I don't feel like I, I necessarily need him, but if he came in, you know, as kind of a different character, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. I'm trying to think how they could like do that. I don't know. Is he going to be like a co-mercenary? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> Cause I don't feel, I don't feel like in the MCU, we need anybody that's like super loaded. We don't need like a money man behind all this, but who knows? Yeah. And Crawley. Um, now, this is one if you just I don't think if you if you didn't read some tweets and some things, you wouldn't know that the guy playing the uh, living statue is supposed to be Crawley. Yeah, I feel like if you didn't read the comics or yeah, like social media, you wouldn't have picked up that this is supposed to be somebody. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely an interesting take. Um, I'm interested to see if they ever circle back around. If we get a season two, um, where we can explore more, if we'll see more of that. But again, like kind of gone in a different direction. So I don't know. He's like an informant. Is that what he is? Yeah. So he's this kind of homeless guy um, who hangs out at a diner most of the time. So it's mostly Jake who talks to him and he kind of knows what's going on um, on the streets and stuff. So but they're really close, and he played a big part in the Lemire run. Mark has to save him from the underworld. He, like, gives up his soul, right, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think um, to cross to the real world. The under-whatever. <laughs> the back and forth. So, yeah, when when they're in the underworld, he basically gives up his soul to save to save Mark. And Mark comes back. And yeah. saves him. Because nobody's really dead in the comics, yeah, guys. nobody's dead. Another thing that I really, um, that I'd like to talk about is the action, like the fight choreography um, in this show. What did you guys think? I really like that Steven style of fighting. I really like that. Mr. Knight. But I was about to say, I love like, Mis I love Mr. Knight. Yeah. <laughs> I love his fighting I style. Yes. <laughs> With the little poles, is that what he called them? I thought this show was interesting because, especially in the first few episodes, anytime there was fighting, they kind of pulled away. And I didn't mind that just because it worked with mm -hmm. 
the story they were trying to tell because it was mostly from Stephen's point of view. He wouldn't be seeing that anyway. But it was nice to finally see um, their fighting styles come out. And the difference, and, you know, going back to just how they differentiated their different fighting styles, um, Mr. Knight and Moon Knight, um, that was really great. How would you describe Mark's fighting style? Just more brutal, more raw? I don't know. Yeah, Mark's is definitely more brutal. And then, like, she's, you know, we talked about how they cut away. Can you imagine when we get to see... Can we go oh, ahead and talk yeah, about Jake? Yeah. Can we talk about Jake for a second? Well, we finally... I think we saw the aftermath of Jake. Yeah, it's pretty Ooh. brutal. How many times? I mean, he's willing to, to to do whatever needs to be done. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, he's definitely the Frank Castle of the of the three. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So that was him. <laughs> he he, he in Slovenia or whatever, wherever they're supposed to be, right? Where they're trying to get the scarab off him. I um I'm really interested to see more of his fighting style. But going back to Mr. Knight, there was a moment in the last episode where he's fighting and it kind of follows him down the street. And a few people mentioned how it definitely had a daredevil feel to it. Kind of that one shot raw, just watching him punch everybody so that was cool um i do hope we see more of that kind of uh style and it's exceptionally like punchy for somebody who's like inhabiting the body of a god yeah. it's still like very very gritty yeah i definitely feel like they have room to to do more of that um especially when you know we're seeing more of the fighting and uh what is his uh relationship with Konshu later just wait till they find out like what Conshu's done. Just wait. Oh my God. Mark and Steven are just all just like, yay. Oh, I really loved how they changed the whole Jake reveal. So it was funny when we started the, the season, I was like, I feel like they're going to tease Jake through most of the season. And then you will meet him at the end. I did not expect like the post credit scene. And, um, well, uh, come on. After Hawkeye, we were all scared of what the post credit scene was going to be. <laughs> Let's be for real. Like, I didn't know what they were going to make Jake be or if we were going to see Jake at all. And I was like, I'm going to be so, hmm. but we did. And it worked. And I was thankful that I didn't, uh, you know, waste that time. Yeah, I was super into it. Um, you know, I thought they did a lot with, just those, you know, that minute or so that they had, lots of questions. Seeing that Konshu isn't really their friend and he's still manipulating them and who Jake is. And I really hope we get a season two to flesh out just his character. And obviously, like, Stephen and Mark have to figure out that he's even there. I mean, they're kind of sensing that somebody else is there which I thought was interesting because in the comics, obviously, like, they know Jake's there. Um, so that was that was a fun twist. Yeah, I won't, I still want the moment, like, from the Lemire run where Mark accepts all his personalities, where we get that moment. I am Mark Spector. I am Stephen Grant. I am Jake Lockley. And I'm Moon Knight. You know, like, oh, I, want, I want that moment. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. Um, Lemire really brought it in that run, just the... Uh, and accepting his mental illness and these these altars. And it was a really beautiful moment or, you know, at the towards the end of the run when uh, he's kind of dying and they're like, you know, we're here. He, you know, Mark's like, I'm scared. And Stephen and Jake show up and they're like, we never left you. And I'm like, oh, rip my heart out. Like, and I already see the show taking those steps to really like, bring the heart in yeah when he calls like steven like the hero and oh my god oh, definitely he needs steven so much he really does having read several runs um of moon knight one of my biggest complaints of just like go jumping from run to run not only is it a mess which that is a discussion for a different time but um different authors um you know they focus on different things about moon knight there's so much to focus on some of them just 
really focus on the hero, like Moon Knight, the fighting, which is great. But you really miss out on the heart of it and like his relationship with, you know, like Mark, Stephen and Jake and their, you know, their inner struggles. And um, I love the runs that really dive into that. And so I was hoping that we would see that. And they really delivered in this. Like, I was extremely pleased. I think it's a lot like when you get a Daredevil comic and there's no, like, Matt Murdock. There's no Matt. There's no Foggy. There's no Karen. There's just Daredevil. And it, you're like, this is cool, but... Oh, absolutely. You, you know, you have, to have that, you have to have that heart. You have to. And that struggle, that's the, that's the struggle of being a hero. I know like there were some people that were disappointed that there wasn't more fighting, more of the suit in the show. And for me, like, it's just about the story, the connection, like the character development. Like I love the suit and I love the fighting. That's obviously a, a huge part of that. I'm really here like, okay, how are you treating these characters? Like, are you doing deep dives and, you know, who Mark is? Like, who is Steven? Well, I was just going to say that's exactly what they said their intention was in part of the Assembled episode I watched. They wanted this to be, first and foremost, a character study. And I think, I do think they achieved that. Well, they succeeded. Oh, I didn't know if they knew what that was. <laughs> I was I'm so glad they know. <laughs> no, kids, but they had a lot. They had a lot to do. And it was scary. Like, this is one of the first characters that we're getting like an origin story on and we needed to know all these yeah, things exactly. about Mark. We needed to know the whole story. And I don't feel like he's fully Moon Knight yet because of course he's not because Jake's still mm. out there murdering people <laughs> on his own. So yeah. I love how we got to go on like that discovery journey just with Steven about finding out what's going on. Yeah, just Stephen finding out his own origin. Yeah, I really loved how they handled the origin story. I thought it was better than the comics. I thought it was more realistic and just heart wrenching. Well, creating such an immensely sympathetic character like Stephen, I mean, he sucks you in from the beginning, and you have no choice but to go along with him. And I, I keep going back to that first episode when. He's sitting at the steakhouse waiting for his date because he doesn't realize he's lost days. Just the despair and the sadness. And he's just, oh my God, it, he has killed me. I love Steven, y'all. I love him. And he never, like, he didn't let it, like, get him down. He still, like, shows up. Steven just, like, still shows up. He's going through all this craziness and he gets up and puts his little name tag on and, like, goes to work and... Just feel for Steven. Yeah, going back to the origin, um, I actually just read some one of the origins. Like, different runs have handled it. And in the Bemis run, they handle it like, you know, something horrible happens. Um, kind of goes through this, like, this moment that's scary for him. And that changes everything. And I mean, it was fine. But... The show, I feel like, really took a better look at, like, okay, so how do you get DID? And this is, you know, he had a really traumatic childhood. Like, it, it stemmed from an event. And then, like, the trauma just kept happening. And, like, seeing how he created Stephen, I just found it just so compelling. And I just really felt for it. And then just, like, watching Mark trying to protect Stephen from the realities like that all just ripped my heart out yeah they they did it a lot better and it, in the comics isn't his daddy more the abusive one in one of the runs or one of the stories it's more directed at his father like it's it's interesting to me that they put the twist on it being the mom too so in in Lemire's run Mir touches on his origins basically that he just had this illness and his dad didn't know how to handle it. And so he was very ashamed of him and basically ended up putting him in a mental institution. And then later his dad dies. He's talking with his mom and basically just, um, you know, processing how his father was just always kind of ashamed of him. But I don't think that there was really like a moment in that run that it's like, this is why he had this illness. It was just kind of like, it was there. 
And then the run after it, Bemis um, goes through this, like, you know, he actually has a traumatic event, but I I didn't finish that one. I mean, I did a few years ago, but um, I was just skimming it recently. It's been forever since I read it, too. I don't remember. There are other runs that I think have touched on it. Um, You know, my heart just says aren't canon because I don't like them at all. What? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can pick and choose the runs you like? You can pick and choose? (laughs) And shout out to our beloved Van, who we miss terribly, really taught me that beautiful lesson when I first started reading comics, which was, it's like sanctioned fanfic. And honestly, if you don't like a run or like how they're handling the character, just don't read it. Don't pay attention to it. It's okay. So. I guess a next question would be, did y'all have like a favorite moment or favorite episodes or things that just really made you feel? I guess what just jumped out at me actually was um, Mark going back for Steven and Steven was being taken down to a, that how you say it? And Mark was in the field of reeds, but he, he was going to like have his paradise. And he said, no, no, he, he knew he needed Steven. Yeah. I think any moment where, especially when like Layla like turns to Mark and says, we need Steven, mm-hmm. any moment where it's, we need Steven yeah. Yeah. is like my favorite moment. <laughs> oh, and I will say about Layla, I love how Layla, when she finally figures out what's going on with Mark, he's not just like being an idiot and taking on a new accent for the fun of it. When she finally figures it out when, when they're in Egypt on that boat, it's so sweet and understanding and kind. And I really, really love that. Ro, what's your favorite moment? And I don't know how, if I have a favorite moment. Like, I just love so many moments. Obviously, loved the scream with Mark and Steven. I think everybody did. It was just such a great moment. You know, when they see each other and they hug for the first time. Like, I was just, it was all about all of that emotional stuff. Um, I really loved, like, visually the moment where they, um, they're turning the sky. Beautiful, absolutely yeah. beautiful moment. Yeah. I just got chills. I just got chills thinking about it. That's how pretty it is to me. Oh, and it's Steven. And, you know, there's been some fantastic fan art to come out of that, which has been fun. Which, shout out to the fan art. Like, it was a desert out there. It was a pure desert before this show. There was, like, no Moon Knight art. And now it's like we are in a beautiful oasis. No. Yes, we are so blessed. I think, too, let's talk about the asylum. Because did you, like, get the feels when they, like, excitement when they show, when when you see the asylum for the first time? Oh, my gosh. So we're watching. And, you know, I did not know really anything going into the series. Um, I'm watching with my husband, who's just along for the ride. A couple years ago, when I was going through all of the comics, he was so kind to just listen to me ramble on and on and on about Moon Knight and what I was reading. Um, So he's just sitting there and we end up in the asylum and my jaw just drops. My eyes get real big and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're doing it look at him I'm like we're doing Lemire I'm so excited I could die <laughs> yeah but then we sort then it, it was sort of different so we had to let that go a little bit like it was there but it, I love yeah. how they made it different it was just so mind bendy um you know I, I just recently re-read Lemire <laughs> and I was like oh this is way more mind bendy than I remember like maybe I didn't know what was going on <laughs> And it is, and I almost think TV is more is is like easier on the brain when you're watching it being trippy like that, and ex- you have the whole TV like experience when you're trying to read it. Your brain yeah. really is trying to make sense, like really is trying to put this in like a story mode, and it's yeah, it's very trippy. Going back to it, I was I've been trying to do the same thing. You know, I definitely had questions even like when it ended. I was like, okay, let's see if I understand what's going on. So you know, we're in two different asylums. The one where they're with Towerette. We're actually, you know, in the duet. We're on the boat. That's how he's seeing this um, this underworld. Which I thought was a really beautiful moment when Stephen's like, why are we seeing this? And Mark's like, it's because we're crazy. And he doesn't explicitly go out and say it. But my understanding was that in the comics, he did spend time in a mental institution. And um, especially seeing how he grew up, 
maybe that was, you know, a, a safe space for him. Like, you know, he was away from his abusive home. Did you take it that way? I feel like it's, it's just his mind. It's just his construct, you know, like that's just where he goes to his organize everything. It's where everybody is. So yeah, there was the other asylum where, um, you know, with Dr. Harrow. You know, everybody was. Yeah, that one. That's just his mind. That's his organizing the way he's processing it all. But when he's on the boat, my understanding was like, obviously that's real, but he chose that because he did spend time in mental mental institution. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I kept having to I kept having to explain it to my sister, like and she'd be like, But what what again? And I and I'd have to go like through it again. I'm so glad that you saw it the same way because I was like, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because, you know, when I read through Lemire, I was like, okay, well, this is clearly how it happened. But then when I read through it again, I was like, oh, wait. So I had to go and like read some articles about it. And basically the conclusion was, you know, he left it a bit open-ended. And I was like, oh, maybe I missed that the first time around. I was like, so what just happened? <laughs> um, a little bit like like the season, but um yeah, I, I thought they did all of that beautifully. Leslie, how did you feel about the asylum going in and not having like read Lemire? Like, what did you think? I didn't understand what was going on. And I, and Lauren just said <laughs> there was two different asylums. And now my brain is going, what? <laughs> so um, <laughs> I understood when Tarrant said, you know, the human mind cannot conceive of the duat. So that this is like your mind's way of like, the organizing principle. No, but that was what Mark said. I don't know. And but I understood what, what he said. It's because they were crazy, and that's why they were visualizing the duo as of this insane asylum. Yeah, because they could have visualized that as like anything, right? Yeah, yeah. But then there was like this moment where you had some sort of epiphany when Doctor Harrow is walking around and there's blood coming from his shoes because he walks on glass, right? Mm. And then Mark's like, oh, are you seeing this, Stephen? And, and Stephen's like, oh, yeah, you bet I am. And so so what is it exactly that they're realizing there? I don't know, help me out. <laughs> Go back and rewatch. Like, I don't remember. You know, and I think the thing about rewatching is I may, like, experience it a completely different way. You know, I have something straight in my head the first time or second time I watch it, and I could rewatch it and have a totally different interpretation of what's going on. Why were the scales balanced once Stephen was being taken taken to the duop? Why, why was Stephen making him unbalanced? That bothered me. What what was that? I think it's more the uh, now we're getting into hmm, mm-hmm. territory. Um, just just acceptance. Now, I'm not maybe? sure if we were supposed to have like a definitive answer to that because she was like, "Oh, they're balanced," and I think Mark might have been a little surprised by that. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of, you know, came away from that thinking, like, we're not 100% supposed to know unless I'm missing something. Yeah. I think everybody thought that it was going to take Jake to balance yeah. the scales. Yeah, there's that, there's that sarcophagus or whatever, where it's going that some, somebody is trying to get out in the asylum. And I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. Jake. And that's, yeah, and then that's what he needs to be yeah. balanced. But I really don't. Maybe it's just like Mark just realizing that he needs Stephen fully, fully accepting Stephen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to watch it again. We'll have to watch it again, see what we come away with. So yeah, the last episode, there was a lot to unpack. I felt like they they did stick the landing. I was a little surprised by how short the episode was, especially finding out that there were some cut scenes that the director really loved. I mean, I felt like it could have easily gone an hour or over, and I would have been totally fine with that. Yeah, because wasn't this the shortest one? This was the shortest, or one of the shorter ones. That was crazy to me. Yeah, we get yeah, to the finale, was, and it's it the was shortest short. episode. Yeah, I, uh, did you guys feel like they stuck the landing? and A wobble. Like, they stuck it with, like, like a Stephen wobble. Like Stephen landing you know, as Mr. Knight. Me. Just kind of a wobble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just... What about you, Leslie? That's the one episode I didn't get around to rewatching. I'll, I'll say the Conchu Amit battle kind of baffled me. I didn't really understand what was going on there. And, but I did like, like I said, Stephen's fighting style. I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed Scarlet Scarab. I enjoyed all about that end credit scene. Yeah. 
I think we could have just had like a, just a few more minutes. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen just a little bit along the way oh, yeah. of Harrow and Khonshu. Because I don't feel like we ever really, I don't think they fleshed out Harrow enough to me. He, he referenced Vincent, um, Vincent's performance in Daredevil. And one of the reasons we were able to like sort of empathize sympathize, I don't know, with, with Fisk is they gave us that backstory in episode eight, season one, the childhood scene. Yeah. Yeah, even if it was just 10 or 15 minutes, I was just like, let us just see that. And then at the end, I would have liked to have seen just where um, Layla ended up. Just a little tease. But other than they did so much, like, so good that, I mean, this is just me being nitpicky, really. I mean, I think when you look at the other shows and their endings, I feel like this is like a struggle that the Disney Plus shows have had where they struggle with overpacked final episode and it's rushed and, you know, they don't quite stick the landing or maybe kind of. I do feel like this was the best that they've done. And, um, but it definitely, I feel like it could have been better, especially if it was just longer. And I mean, of, of course we can get into more episodes, but just sticking in the, this is what we have. This is, these are the kind of shows that we're getting. Um, I think a longer episode and, you know, kind of shout out to stranger things. They're, they're going like over <laughs> an hour. <laughs> Um, for these episodes, which, you know, that can be too long, depending on, you know, the story you're telling, but it's like, they could have definitely gone longer, but it gets me excited. I'm really hoping for a season two. Um, I hope we obviously see him in different like team ups, kind of what are your hopes? And maybe like, do you feel like they could go darker without, you know, moving into the mature um, rating? Um, how do you feel about that? I definitely want a season two because I definitely want us. I mean, we, we got to see where Jake ends up in all this. Like we got to. Mm -hmm. So I won't, I, I mean, it won't feel right seeing him as Moon Knight in something else without having this Jake thing addressed. Right. But um, as far as the tone and the darkness, hmm, I'm just wondering if Disney Plus, now that they have the the uh, mm -hmm. the ratings controls and that's where our shows sit, will they put other shows there? Like, is, is, is Moon Knight there? I don't know. My controls are always set to, like, mature. So is, is does Moon Knight fall there or is does it not? I don't know. Oh, do you know what? I don't know. I don't think so. What is it? TV 14? If it was TV 14 or 6. Ours are 16, right? Is that what ours are? I don't even know the answer to that, but I'm just wondering: are they, will they never put any new shows? Well, I, I mean, they're they're assuring us that, and this isn't a show. This is something that will eventually end up on Disney Plus, though. That um, Deadpool is going to be R-rated, and um, and I, I hope I hope it's my hope. I hope this is they put that there because there is room to go a little yeah. bit darker. I mean, I feel like they're slowly turning up the temperature. Agreed. You know, hoping that like, yeah, <laughs> certain people won't feel it. <laughs> they just do it gradually. We knew uh, Moon Knight was finished before mm -hmm. this all like happened, but I just was thinking about that that this morning. Like, what if all of a sudden we get like Daredevil, a half hour like wall <laughs> comedy, like She Hulk or something. Uh. <laughs> You know, and it doesn't go with the other Daredevil. It just like, well, I just, I just went real dark right there. That's, that's how dark I can go. Look, there was some dark stuff in the night. Some super dark stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I know people keep going back to Wilson Fisk and decapitation by car door and, you know, Healy and the eye and, and stuff like that. But the maturity doesn't just come from the, from the graphic violence. It comes from the dark scenes. No, from gore. No. no. And it was so dark. I mean, child abuse, EID. Yeah, trauma. Trauma yeah. is dark. Heartbreak is and dark. Seeing Mark react to Stephen, just like losing it in that asylum when Mark Stephen wants to go into that bedroom. Mark's like, no, 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 you cannot. Yeah. Oh. So are we are we more hopeful now? We've seen Moon Knight. I'm definitely more hopeful. Um and you're right, like maturity and like they're, they're definitely turning up the temperature, but they didn't do it in necessarily in a gore 
way, like you know, just the narrative, which I really appreciated. There was more blood. There definitely was. And um, I think they have room to, I mean, continue that, even go darker. But yeah, that's the big question. Like a few years ago, I just told myself to stop telling Marvel what they can and can't do. Because every time I, I did, then they just they just went and did whatever they wanted. So you are the best at coming in and saying, just chill out. They'll either do a season two or they won't. I mean, Calm I the was down. Just, it's fine. I was for sure, you know, Daredevil will never be on Disney Plus. And here we are. Is Matt going to be yeah, in Spider-Man? No. Okay. So Kevin can clearly do what he wants. Um, I would love to see them bring some of these shows into like a more mature space. I mean, I think they succeeded with Moon Knight in the, in the TV 14. So like they could keep it there and be successful, but I think they could really just even do more if they raised it. So I don't really know what to expect. And I feel like I'm just like, just kind of waiting and, you know, seeing what they do. But, um, I do hope we at least get more of what we've gotten in, in the past. Super excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. This is the show I feel like they improved. This is the one show I can say I feel like they improved in every like aspect. Totally. And, and I'm definitely less concerned about like them bringing Daredevil to Disney Plus. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting, mm-hmm. you know, severed heads and car doors, obviously, but that. All those, those moments were very cool and like were a part of the whole package. That's not why I fell in love with this show. No, we won't. We won't. Matt de- depressed and it sad is. in his apartment. <laughs> Can we just have like, our mopey, like sad and depressed, like Daredevil and Moon Knight talking on a rooftop? Yeah. I take it. Well, you know what I want to see? I want Mark and uh, Jessica Jones. I want. I want Jessica Jones to be yes, like, what the I, is and wrong I hope with we you? get Jess back. Um, I feel like we will, but. Um, I do too. Right. Yeah. I I'm excited. I'm hopeful for the future. And I know there were some questions that maybe we won't get answered from the first season, but I hope we do. You know, is Harrow really dead? Who made the date? Who made the date? Oh, yeah. Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake? Who made the date? No. Mark still loves Layla, right? We wouldn't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like that? it's Jake. Because he seems to be doing the things that need to be done. That's true. He's maybe a little, I don't know if he's reckless, but just like, you know what? You need a date. We're just doing it. (laughs) And didn't care that he was vegan. (laughs) So this just has Jake written all over it. Any other like rapid fire questions before we wrap it up? Nothing important. I just don't understand why the, what the deal with the fish was, but we can play. Steven needed something to love. Take care of. Or two. One with one fin and one with two fins. That's a good question. Again. But I didn't, I'd only realized until today when I was rewatching that little brother in the flashback was drawing a fish with one fin before they ran off to the cave. Yes. God, see, you're, see, that's why I need smart people to watch all the shows with me. I'm so, like, distracted. But I think that's, again, that's just acceptance. The two fish are... Mark and Steven together. Show like this, like you're I feel like they're gonna put in those little things and they're not really meant to be answered. Or maybe if you do some like you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, like um, literal. Yeah. And just there to torment me, which is fine. Well, I do I do recommend, like if nobody has uh, I know Phyllis has watched it, no, some of us have. I do recommend watching Legion to anybody out there who like enjoyed Moon Knight, give Legion a chance. I have not watched it, and I really want to watch it. I love Dan Stevens. Um, yeah, so good. It's a trip. There, there are parts of Legion that would like made me just like cry because I'm like, how am I watched? Like, this is so good. Is there any more questions that we can stick in there? Who was Stephen talking to when he was talking to his mom? Nobody. Nobody was it? <laughs> yeah. So my question is like. Was Mark getting, because he's calling a number. Question is what number? And was it a number that Mark had? Like, was Mark handling this? I don't know. Or the Jake again. Jake's Jake's just pretending to be ever. Jake's just handling it all. It's fun. And I'm going to go back eventually and like rewatch and probably get a whole different pick up on something new again. So 
I loved it. It could go darker. I don't think it needs to go ripping off the face of a villain dark, um, which happens in the comics, and then they make fun of him for that for years. So I don't necessarily need to see that. Um, that also comes from my least favorite run, so it does not exist to me. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe need to see that. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to shut the door on it. I think my wor- the worst part was that, not that he did it, then that Konshu, that's the visage he took for the rest of the run. Oh, it's just like you just kept seeing it. And I was like, okay, I'm <laughs> it was also just not I did not like that run. So I was like, I don't like anything about this. It comes from like my love of like Hannibal, the TV show. So let's just let's I was just gonna it. say Shelby, that's your Hannibal. Let's just see it. <laughs> so anyway, um yeah, shout out, amazing music. Um, the score was great. Love the songs they picked. Every day I wake up and I start to break up. I loved all the Egyptian yes. rap pop had in it. It was great. I think we loved it, you guys. I think we're happy with it. I think we're happy. I think we're happy with it. And I, so. I kind of, I wish, I wish Phyllis was here. I miss Phyllis and she would have probably some rage about something. I miss Phyllis's oh, yeah. rage. Negative at all. Maybe this was too positive. <laughs> well guys thank you so much for joining us today we had a blast talking about moon night and if you are not following us on our social media pages just a reminder we have a new twitter handle um since our last podcast we have saved the show so our twitter was renew daredevil and now it is saved daredevil that's with two d's on twitter On all of our other social media sites, Instagram, Facebook, it's just still Save Daredevil everywhere else. So hope to catch up with you there. Hope to hear your thoughts on today's podcast. And thanks so much. Thanks, Shelby and Leslie, for being here. And we'll see you next time. Every day I wake up and I start to wake up Lonely as a man without love Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.